Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, give me a moment as uh, I allow the Twitch stream to warm up a little bit. It's uh, good to be back. I'll just post this real quick for those who are watching the VOD. Give me one moment. Just to make sure I post this with some kind of picture. I'm sure they took some pictures of us. The end. Ah, honestly, open up the page with the pictures. Uh, pain. Only pain. Hello everybody that tuned into the Twitch stream. Seems like I can't find any picture of me, which is fine. Yeah, there's no picture of me on the finals day. I would have been pissed if he won and there was no picture of me, but losing and there's no picture of me, I'll take it. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Okay. I think it's time to begin. First and foremost, it's been a while uh, for, for a good reason, of course. I've uh, been quite busy and uh, the format didn't really allow me to rest at any point in time. I've been very sleep deprived, but uh, so has the rest of the staff. And, uh, you know, with what we managed to accomplish, I am very proud uh, of, um, of the team. Kevin Shaves has been a blessing. Tolkien's been working hard. You know, Fab has been working hard. You know, the, the gauntlet system, there's a lot of things that uh, definitely are not in your favor, right? But we did, in fact, you know, the, the story of our gauntlet run was each best of five forced us to figure out something. You know, the first one against Vitality, honestly, out of... Um, all of the best of fives before Mad Lions, the Vitality one was very tough. It was very tough for us because we had the Corona thing, and honestly, Vitality put up a fight. I think self-made made Vitality very dangerous. Very dangerous. Game one, he pl I played a very good game. Uh, we lost that game one. It was pretty one-sided, and um, I think it was at the hands of, of Oscar. I think Vitality, yeah, due to the seeding, you know, I know that a lot of people are talking about the idea of uh, 
you know, Rogue doesn't deserve to go to Worlds and so forth, but, you know, everyone's aware of how the seeding works during the split. And if someone like Rogue do very, very well during the regular split, they will re be rewarded for it. We're all playing under the same conditions to have this idea in mind that someone deserves more uh, to go to the World Championship than Rogue, I think is quite crazy. Because they, they performed very well in two regular splits. They lost in playoffs, but, you know, those are the conditions that everybody knew that they were operating under. And I can assure you that there was no team in the regular split that tried less hard to win or tried more to win. Everyone wanted to win, right? Everyone wanted to win, is what I'm trying to say. Of course, there's teams that tried harder than the others. But the bottom line is, everyone had the same conditions. Everyone knew what kind of impact regular split had, and Rogue managed to win out uh, plenty of games. And uh, still, they have time to improve, and I don't think people should uh, give up on Rogue so fast, you know? I think both us and Mad are very awkward for Rogue, and I think their weaknesses are quite highlighted against us. But um, all in all, you guys should support Rogue too. Uh, I've seen in the community that people are like, yeah, Rogue should fight to the death uh, with, with other teams. But there is something in League, like, stylistic matchups are real. So back to the point about Vitality. Now, Vitality were dangerous because they had serious teeth on them, right? They, they were willing to take risks in the same fashion that we are, as uh, like Fnatic and, and, and Mad. They're willing to take risks and they're willing to make the decisions that will put you in a position to drive the game and to dominate the game. And um, that's what made Vitality dangerous. I think game four we threw right. We were in a very good spot. Um, I think we had a serious bot cap in, in that uh, best of five. Like the bot cap was so immense. Uh, I think, you know, everything was around Lydia and, and self-made uh, trying to get things done, but, but mostly self-made. So I'm still happy uh, that he figured out, you know, a lot about himself. You know, I wasn't... Obviously, when, when you uh, break apart... And, uh, you know, the, the decisions that are made is all business, but um, I care for Oscar, and uh, I truly uh, wish him uh, the best. So I was, I was happy that he made us uh, sweat and he made us uh, work hard. Very happy for him. Next one was Misfits. Misfits, I'm not sure. You know, they seem to be, you know... Like, a lot of the games that they played in the regular split, you know, we, we lost games against them because we threw. I believe on two occasions we were 5,000 gold ahead against Misfits, and we just managed somehow to, to throw the game. And it's, it's crazy to think, you know, everyone, uh, like, the, the majority of co the community um, were like, yeah, Fnatic's done, because we lost a couple of games. But we win another game, and it could have been the difference between us being first or second, right? Uh, just the, the league happened to be very top-heavy, and we threw, I believe, three or four games with a massive uh, gold lead. We threw against SK with about 5k gold ahead. 
we threw against Misfits twice with about 5k gold ahead. So that was just us struggling to deal with our, our own demons. Because in my mind, if you manage to accumulate a 5,000 gold lead at an early point, you've managed to succeed in the difficult part of the game. But the Vitality series definitely taught us a lot of things. We uh, managed to uh, find ways to uh, you know, protect our top lane and to uh, involve Adam in the game a lot more. And I think the, the gauntlet was truly a story of us improving on specific things to prepare ourselves for specific opponents. Misfits try to do this thing where they try to shut down our homie Adam, but uh, Adam Renekton was, you know, he, he, if he didn't... Um, thank you so much for your subscriptions, guys. Uh, John West and, of course, uh, Revit, you are a regular. 20 months. I appreciate it. His message was, good job in playoffs. Coach, you did well. And John West left a message, are you Jana? And I will not do um, those emotions on stream. Thank you very much, Time Wanderer. That's a very cute name. So coming into the Misfits series, once again, I believe one of the drafts we did uh, was very difficult to win. It was crazy to me. You know, it was pathetic, in fact. You know, we had to play two best of fives in the same week, which is, of course, the result of the position we were in, and I'm not complaining about that. But we had to play two best of fives in a week, and it was hilarious to me that, um, like, the only way I could, you know, not justify, I'm looking for a different word, to, um, trying to find a different word, not justify, but, uh, you know, when someone makes a decision to, like, understand the only way I could relate to it, you know, the decision that G2 and their staff made in order to call us out for the pauses that we made, that to me was absurd. The only way I could reason it, like, the only way I could find reason in, in that action is they're trying to find some kind of mental or psychological edge coming into the best of five that we would play against them because G2 was insanely loud about it the pauses so the pauses we did one pause happened and the duration of the pause you know it's not in our hands the duration of the pause when a bug happens, if the referees don't understand it, they have to research it and they need to go through uh, proper channels. I can close the window. Give me one second. There you go. The window's closed. So they have to go through the proper channels to, to research it. And the duration of the pause is really not in our control. It just isn't in our control. This is not something that we can do anything about. And this particular instance was with, you know, uh, something happened that I didn't know about. I didn't know this interaction. 
and to set the expectations of all players that they should understand all interactions and read every wiki page is crazy. It just is. It's crazy. Because most of the time, you, um, you learn how to pretty much... I can, I can turn off voice activation too. Give me one second. Properties, I believe it's a noise gate. Give me one second. Filters, noise gates. Let's just remove noise gates. That should be uh, better, I guess. So, yeah, like, like, like the only reason I could, I could resonate with what G2 did was because they, they think that they were going to have a mental advantage. I thought it was really cringe that like grabs and Yankos and also a lot of tweeting. I, I just really cringe. Because in the end, the moments of the pause, like what's hilarious to me, right, is people are also implying that Fnatic has some special edge in pauses. <laughs> you know, the enemy is under the same conditions too. And most of the time, if you're behind in a game, to get time to think when you're ahead in the game, you know, you could just say, yo, the only way the enemy comes back is they do this and then you can secure yourself, you can prepare yourself. Like the conditions are the same. I would argue even based of my own anecdotal experience that being ahead and uh, we, you know, uh, being ahead and then making sure that you are secure from defeat, that is very helpful, you know? I give you pause for 30 minutes. So keep in mind, the games that we pause against Misfits, we had the right situation. I've never been in a situation ever where I got rise ulted when I didn't want to get rise ulted. I think it's a bullshit feature. I think it makes absolutely no sense about, uh, like, I don't even know why that's in the game. I think it's a joke. Really, really a joke. The pauses take long because Riot needs to research and they need to go through proper channels. Like, uh, they need to go into the wikis, they need to research, discuss. Because the same as the players, they shouldn't be expected to know every interaction in the game inside out, right? The referees can't know that. It's, it's very, very difficult. So the rise mechanic is, if you are crossing the rise ultimate, and your last movement command is, is out of the circle and not in towards the circle, the game thinks, yo, you don't want to travel with this ultimate and we're going to take you out. Apparently, it doesn't work like this on Rise, but I've always, you know, just maneuvered myself. You know, most good players do very, very short and precise movements and keep, you know, readjusting the movement of the character. And sometimes, in order for me to move two steps to the left, I might click 10 steps to the left, but I'm going to change, right? I'm going to change the direction I'm going to move in afterwards, right? So it's, it's, it's silly. It's silly to me. But nevertheless, once again, the pause, the first pause, Viego died. I don't know how we got an edge there. And then the second pause, we paused during a fight that we were completely winning completely annihilating the enemy okay 
completely annihilating the enemy. Brom didn't get, get fucking TP'd. He followed, the Hilly followed the instructions that he was told, so we paused again, right? And at the same time, you know, between the pauses, we weren't really explained what was going on up until the point where I went into the referee booth and, like, asked, right? But nevertheless, Misfits, I think, as weird as it sounds, they put up a fight, right? But I think we had their number, you know? I felt like the Misfits series was easier for us than the first series. I think... They dealt with the pressure worse than us, and I think our mental was very, very strong in that best of five, and that's what it is, right? I think Adam did a fantastic job. We got to play Renekton over and over again, and they were playing Camille into it, and they were having a hard time, and it, it was weird to me that the approach in the end, that like people, people were looking at Fnatic, like, the, our opposition was looking at Fnatic and they were like, yo, we're going to make sure that we scale better and then eventually we'll F Fnatic will grief it. Which, to be fair, is to some degree a valid strategy, but you're putting yourself at the mercy of our sword. And whenever we didn't throw, we were cutting people down, right? We played fast we played hard we gained big leads and we blew up the games right and in my mind having such a mindset for the long term is just not the mentality you need to have in order to uh, you know succeed in my mind but in the end you know you're, you're there you're playing playoffs you want to try to you know win in the closest proximity possible. If you're there in the moment, you don't think about long-term anymore. You only think about, you know, the next best of five you're playing. And playing against Fnatic, if you look at our whole season, it worked for Schalke, right? Schalke, their, their idea in spring was pretty much wait for Fnatic to grief it, because eventually they will. And with patience, you could beat Fnatic. But now, I feel like we've gotten a lot better, and we're doing things... In, in, in a proper manner and we've learned to channel you know this uh, this wildness uh, about ourselves and we can play very very together and uh, everyone is very much on the same page and that makes us very very dangerous I just think always the teams that are striving for high levels of activity even though they will grief to reach that point when they do they're going to look fantastic. And that's what I felt about, that's how I feel about us. You know, that's how, truly how I feel about us. And then it was the G2 series. I think I had them kind of figured out. Um, you know, always coming into best of fives, you know, especially in a gauntlet format, you have to think, what did the enemy see of us? And what did we see... Uh, like, what did we see from them? And we were in the position where teams saw a lot more of us, right? Because up until that point, we played 10 games in playoffs, and the playoff games are so much more important than the regular season games because you have... We had a two-week period uh, where our teams practiced and then went went on, right? So that's a very, very big deal. I wouldn't say the Jitsu series definitely wasn't the easiest, 
it's it's like unfair to say that any of the series was was easy you know i i really wouldn't call it easy because it's unfair to the teams you know what misfits put on the board what vitality put on the board what you put on the board you know that's their you know blood sweat and tears of of their season uh, is 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 there you know so i don't want to use the word easy but in terms of what was the least hard would be the the misfits series you know because I think they were just in the deep waters and the experience of the players really shined through uh, in that moment. And, uh, you know, you, you guys have, um, you know, Misfits have players that are going to grow into fantastic players in the long run. Viteo, you have Razork, you have, uh, of course, Hirit. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the beginning uh, of something good there for Misfits. So I'm very, very happy for them. You have Kobe and Vander course that are very experienced you know that's a that's a solid team it's just when when Nitsuki is solo killing enemy Leblanc you know that uh that the game is not going to be good you know it's um you know there's 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 a thing it's like the similar similar in chess when they say a knight on the rim is dim you know controlling the center the same way in League of Legends if a twist effect gets a solo kill you know the game is over it's just the game is over Coming into the G2 series, what we learned from the Misfits series and Vitality series was very helpful in, in the G2 series. I expected a very different version of G2, and um, it also felt like we faced a team that um, was kind of hoping that we would just throw, right? That was very strange to me. I didn't see... I, I was preparing for the deadly 2v2 of G2 with Yankos and, and, and G2, like with Caps, of course. But that didn't really show itself. Instead, they, instead they went the route, the scaling route, and um, it seemed like G2 couldn't uh, figure out enough. And it just seemed on the day that we figured out a lot more, we were looking a lot better on the day. I think also, uh, like all five games could have been won. Thing against Misfits, all five games could have been won for us because we were in, in a really, really good uh, position throughout the games. The same thing for uh, the G2 games. We, all five games were, were, could have been won due to the positions we had in the game. And uh, the Vitality game, like Vitality game one, that was a game where we got, you know, smashed. And um, <laughs> it's it's funny to me because preparing against Vitality was was tricky because they're very unorthodox. They're very awkward to play against and preparing against them is is hard. But preparing against Misfit in G2 is something that I are uh, things that I have experience with. And uh, it was definitely easier to prepare against these two teams. But uh, respected them, you know, and and on the topic of G2, you know, a lot of people are giving them shit, but I think every single player on that roster have bought enough credit for themselves over the last years to be given another chance. And uh, the G2 offseason is going to be very interesting because, you know, they have some great players there that can definitely, you know, um, be top in their position uh, easily uh, wherever they go. Uh, sometimes you just... Um, find yourself in a position where a dynamic doesn't work 
and a dynamic doesn't not working is not necessarily tied to one individual being bad or so forth sometimes as a group you just can can't figure it out you just can't i remember back in uh, splice when i was in splice back in 2017 in spring i i had this i had a very similar feeling you know our dynamic we couldn't figure out our problems and it was time for me to to move on even though with splice we managed to achieve great things we had five rookies go to worlds we went from relegations in spring to summer going to the world championship um taking one game of uzi and mata felt good you know we we did get good things in the context of where we started and then spring came around and we just we we got stuck right and i believe g2 were in a similar spot and for us at Splice, uh, at the time, it didn't feel right to point, oh, this player needs to be out, this player needs to be out, this is this player. No, it didn't feel right at all. And I think it's the same thing for G2. I don't think you can assign blame to any specific player. It's completely unfair uh, to do that. So I hope uh, if there's any G2 fans out there that you guys are uh, lending your support uh, uh, for uh, for the players. Because... With what they've given to Europe and for the European fandom, uh, they deserve it. Hey, Tolki, good to see you. And I will not uh, answer any questions about uh, G2 or whatever. Like, this is just... I wanted this episode focused solely on uh, the European playoffs. Then afterwards, we'll have the World Championship and then we will uh, continue onwards. So, yeah... Eventually, we face up against Rogue. And Rogue as well. You know, I, I felt very comfortable with the information that we had. Uh, it, it was just in line with what we had to improve on in the context of the other three teams. So the best of fives really lined up well in terms of our trajectory. Uh, the, the things we had to improve on in the other best of fives were just the perfect test when we played against Rogue. We needed to show patience. We need to show, you know, vigilance. We need to make sure to take the opportunities that we had. We need to make sure the preparation is on point, you know. A lot of the things that we had to build over the best of fives, definitely uh, we got to show against Rogue. So it felt very, very good. Rogue the same way as I mentioned before. People calling for their heads uh, that uh, they don't the good deserve to go to the World Championship. I think that's a lot of bollocks. That is truly a joke. I don't think uh, that's fair at all. But that's definitely one of those teams that needs like a uh, fresher perspective. Because now the same thing keeps happening over and over again for Rogue. Very, very good um, trajectory, and then it dips. I remember back in um, 2020 when they took G2 to five games, I was very impressed by Rogue. They, they, begin, they began to show some new colors. But then at the same time, they went to the World Championship and they had quite a tough group. So it's, who knows? Maybe going through planes was the best thing that could have happened to Rogue. Maybe, because the planes are going to be tough. 
they are really going to be tough this year. You're going to have uh, an NA team, EU team. You're going to have um, a PCS team. You're going to have a Chinese team and a Korean team. So that's going to be not so easy as before. I can assure you that. Maybe it's the best thing that could have happened to Rogue. We'll see. You guys say NA team Omega Lul, but that NA team is going to be Cloud9. And um, I don't think it's a team that you can uh, underestimate. T1 is not in uh, play-ins. T1 is the second seed out of Korea. Genji is the third, which is another second seed. And then, um, of course... Um, And then, of course, you have uh, Damwon. Oh. Oh. Okay. T1 is third seed, fourth seed. Okay, okay. I see. That's true. They had a rough spring. Forgive me. So let me double check this, so I uh, can repeat myself and correct myself, of course. T1... So they play for their seeding. Okay, okay. But but nevertheless, it, 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 it ends up being the same, right? So T1 is minimum... Like, they're, they're qualified to Worlds play-ins. But I'm assuming T1 is going to win the gauntlet. Nongshin versus Hanwha Life. I'm very sad the Sandbox didn't make it through. Nevertheless, I'm assuming Hanwha Life is going to be uh, the third seed, T1 second seed, so forth. Doesn't matter, guys. It remains the same. There's going to be a Korean team, a Chinese team, and there's going to be a, a C9 and a Rogue in players and another PCS team, right? Or LMS or whatever the region is called, right? So either way, it's gonna be tough. And if um, Rogue can't get to players, they'll pull a, pull another Mad Lions. Maybe they'll come back and win two splits. That's what happened to Mad Lions. So maybe there's maybe there's some secret sauce there. Like the moment you don't make two players, you come back and you fucking go back to back. I hope. It's not true because I plan on winning the fucking splits next year. Ugh. You know, always after a best of five like this, you know, everything that you've ever done, it begins to, at least for me, it, it flashes uh, through my head. You know, it's just like, yeah, like after the game was finished, the last game, and we lost, and I am just. Like everything that we've done up to that point just flashes by my head because you begin to think what could have done different, what could have done different. And uh, I've been trying to, to win the LEC for as long as I remember, you know, ever since uh, season three when it was released, I've tried to win uh, the LEC and uh, in, in, in my bones uh, and in my heart and in my mind, I truly felt like this was... This was it, you know? It felt 
Like I felt very powerful coming into uh, the finals. You know, I felt strong. I felt confident. I felt confident in my boys. And um, uh, on the day, I think we performed worse than we could have. I know that we are capable of way, way more. And um, obviously, after days like this, you know, when when you don't perform as 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 well as you expect yourself to perform, uh, as a coach, I begin to think like, what could I have said differently? What could I have done differently? What could have we prepared differently? Should I have slept more? Everything, everything comes into question. Everything comes into question. No, I still, you know, the journey that we took from where we started, I am very proud, immensely proud. I think the experience that Mad Lions had and, you know, the, the, the position we were in, like keep in mind, Mad Lions played seven games in playoffs and we played 18. Three games away from tripling their numbers. And um, that, of course, is very helpful for Mad Lions, but I don't want to take anything away from them. Like they've done, they've made, they've done a fantastic job this year, and uh, all the props to them. They are definitely, currently, the best team in Europe. And I say currently because I think we can show a lot more. I think we can do a lot more, and I think our potential is immense. I think the potential of these group of players that we have is just fantastic. So I am very, very excited. I think Europe is sending strong teams to the World Championship and um, I will cherish uh, this split uh, for a very, very long time. For sure. I play against Mad Lions, you know, they definitely, uh, like, it's it's very evident that they take a lot of inspiration from the LPO. Very, very evident that they took a lot of good lessons from MSI. I think they are very good at playing together as a unit. They are very, very good at understanding tempo and playing off vision and using fog, which is which is why they always, you know, end up beating Rogue, right? Because Rogue, these are the the, the, the faculties of the game that the Rogue, Rogue struggles in, right? Mad Lions are very, very good at playing off of waves and making their correct sacrifices to gain more. You know, whenever there was a stack wave, they're willing to give up the one wave to make the three waves bleed harder on the other side. And um, they always keep you on your toes, you know? When someone is in fog of war, you need to begin to pay attention to all of the details of the game. And I think the other teams don't really uh, put that test into your head. And this is something that we try to do right. In Fnatic, I think, well, this is something that we're working on, and uh, we're also developing these tools. Matt has worked together for a long time, so they have uh, sharpened their teeth just a little bit more. But I'm still very excited about our potential. You know, all the props to 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 Mac and 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 Cheese, Mac and Cass, Jesu Cass, for um, figuring out the puzzle. You know and uh, doing so well. But uh, we will persevere. Because 
eventually, you know. Like Scar, long live the king. We'll come back. We'll come back, you know. We will kill these lions. The last game, game four, what, what Max said, he's like, yo, I'm always missing the bows. I was like, yo, man, I'm going to go tell the referee that you're talking too long with your players. So, we're just, uh, we're just joking. As, uh, um, I haven't, I've had very few interactions with Mac, but he seems very, you know, down to earth and he comes across as a very kind person. Imagine, first year as, uh, as head coach wins back-to-back splits you know props to him and uh, he doesn't seem to have uh, an ego about it too Mac has some some good ass tie game and uh, last year I believe it was um, was he head coach last year already maybe he was I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, this is gonna be that this is gonna fuel me. This is gonna fuel me. Mac, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you and your lions. I really, really wanna beat you guys now. You have no idea, man. I keep having these dreams that we're gonna face you at uh, the world championship. I see you guys in the semifinals, and boom, boom, we're gonna come swinging at you. We're going to come swinging at you. I'm very excited for the World Championship. It's kind of weird, you know, with the whole China thing going on and the China thing being cancelled. And I was kind of looking forward to go there because the last time I played in Chinese solo queue, honestly, I got higher rank than a lot of the players that, uh, <laughs> that went to the World Championship uh, last year. A lot of players, hard stuck, fucking 100 points, bro. I was higher than that shit, man. I would fucking. This is my guilty pleasure, being higher ranked than than pro players. Mm-mm, I just, oof. Damn, 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 damn. Now I'm immensely excited about beating Mad Lions. I am happy that um, Mad Lions played well. You know, I'm happy that we faced a tough competitor. And um, the next time we face them, I want to face the best version of Mad Lions again. And uh, I look at what we accomplished, what um, each individual on this team went through. Um, of course, I can't share everything, but the challenges that we went through, like we got hit by COVID twice in this year. Uh, we had a very rough spring split. We had to do a rebuild uh, in, in between splits. And um, we, you know, we did something that I don't know if a lot of teams uh, could do. We have uh, a lot of strength. And uh, Elias coined the term, I'm on a mountain. You know, we definitely are on a mountain. And uh, 
This loss against Mad Lions, we're only going to get fucking better from this. I assure you that we're going to get much better from this. And uh, we're going to take some very much deserved uh, rest. My boys have worked really fucking hard. The only, like, Adam, he managed to, you know, do so much in his rookie split. You know, imagine what a challenge this guy had, had to face. He's been playing in his underwear. It's fucking like LFL, and then boom, he's in burden. He has a coach yelling at him. He has a, he's sitting right next to his teammates. The schedule becomes more rigorous. The expectations are going to be tougher and harder. And uh, that's a lot of stress to put yourself under. And um, he did well. Adam has a lot of growing to do, but damn it. This is a very, very good um, start. What a fantastic start. And Bwipo. What a fucking gangster Bwipo is. Role swapping. I don't, there's very few players that would um, have my support, as Bwipo did, you know, coming into a role swap situation. Because Bwipo... He fucking puts in the work, man. He puts in the work. You know when he says that he wants to be the difference maker and he wants to make sure as he comes into the game that he is the best possible and that he has the best read on the enemy and, man, this guy really, really puts in the work. The challenge that comes with swapping a role, I feel like the, the bigger the challenge, the bigger the bwipo. Like, the, the bigger the challenge, the wider he gets, man. And he just... What a fucking beast. And uh, he did really fucking well in the finals, too. I don't think there was any jungler that, uh, you know, had some fucking edge against Bwipo. Fucking Bwipo massacred junglers in this playoffs. People were saying Razok is better. Massacred. They were saying Inspires is better. Tough. You know, the bigger the challenge, the wider the fucking whip. <laughs> what a blessing. And Niski, man. Freaking Niski. <laughs> Niski just fucking cracks me up, man. He makes everybody laugh. But this guy, you know, people were fucking, you know, people going insane over the signing of Niski. And I have to admit to you, you know, when I joined the team, I was a little bit skeptical too. But uh, Bwipo, Hilly, you know, they were like, yo, this is exciting, you know. I'm like, okay, let's let's follow along. Let's follow along. And uh, Niski has um, exceeded every expectation that I've had, you know, for sure. He has exceeded every expectation. This man works fucking hard. You know, his, his routine is so fucking well-knit, you know. It's pinned down to a point where I can see him online at, and in-game at the same exact hours. This guy puts in the fucking work. And he does his research and he cares about the team. You know, every single one of these individuals really, really care about the team. And um, he's a machine. He's definitely a machine. And then there's the bot lane. 
you know. Then there's the bot lane. They, you know, their 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 ability to improve as two, and um, you know, their ability to just wanting to improve together. You know, their excitement towards each other never ever changed throughout this entire year. Usually, you have a bot lane, they go through a honeymoon phase, they're excited, but then at some point, there's an essence of resentment, you know? Not resentment, but you begin to, like, accept flaws that the other player has, and you begin to work around them, and you turn into a player that um, maybe you don't necessarily want to be, right? You, you kind of put yourself in a position where you cage yourself because you need to cater to your teammate. But Elias and Hilly have constantly pushed them, each other to become better and better. They do not allow for any weakness. They don't allow any mistake or any type of acceptance. And that is what makes them fucking great. Any problem they have, they work together. And um, both of them know that the other is coming from the most sincere place. So this is a very, very beautiful group. And I've been very blessed and immensely honored uh, to be working with, uh, with this group. And uh, with every ending, with the ending of this split, comes also a new beginning we'll be preparing for the world championship and you guys know me already uh, most of the people that are listening to this know me already if you're not going there to fucking win then why the fuck are you going at all you need to live every day of your life with the idea that you want to win it all we're going to the world championship and we're not gonna, you know, be happy with going out of groups, going out of semis. We're going to, with the intention, to fucking win it all. We're going to live every single day up until that point when we practice as if we want to win it all. We're going to practice in our scrims as if we want to win it all. I'll do everything in my power to make sure that the last game that we play of the season is in the fucking finals. Because there's no other way to compete. There's no other way to live a competitive lifestyle. What's the point of anything else? You know, before heading into the LEC finals, I had this weird thought. I was like, what if... After, like, what if I win the LEC and then I just feel nothing? Because that was a worry of mine. Like, what if I win the LEC and then I feel nothing? And then I realized the moment I win the LEC once, I want to win it again. I want to win three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, maybe at ten, I'm gray. 
but I'm not gonna set any limitations. There's no limitations. I always tell the boys, eventually we will play the last game of our season. Who are we in that moment? Who are we in that moment? When we play our final game of the season, who are we? Who are you going to be when you play the last game of your season? In that moment, everything that you've done up until that point will be tested. And there will be no room for regret. So it starts in the practice. The only way for, for, your, for you to prepare for the eventual final game of the season is to treat every game that you play as if it is your last, like nothing else exists, and that you're putting everything on the line to fucking win that game. And that requires you to connect with your teammates to be the best version of yourself and to push yourself. So I'm excited. I've been very blessed with a fantastic group. I've been blessed with fantastic memories, and I'm beginning to feel the second vaccine to... to... starting to hit... I'm noticing dizziness and headache. <laughs> I took the second vaccine this morning. Ara ara boom boom. How do you know if you have given 100%? You don't know. That's the thing. You don't know. And that's... Um, that's the difficulty of it all. Like when, when you are a competitor, you will never ever feel like you've done enough. There will never be any satisfaction. There's been moments where I've had satisfaction, but it's mostly through others. And that's why I love coaching, because my satisfaction is like, I, I can find joy in seeing my brothers, you know, become stronger and become better and perform. I find great joy in this. That gives me satisfaction. But on a personal note, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. And that's something I've come to terms with. And I've also began to be very happy about the fact that I'm like this. Because if I wasn't, I don't think... I don't think I would have gotten to the point where I am here today. Anyhow, the playoffs was cool. I definitely feel like on a different day we could beat Mad Lions. Our preparation up at another point and what we showed on the day, I think we could have done a lot better. And uh, I blame myself. But uh, I don't think blame is a bad thing. Taking, blaming yourself means that you take responsibility. And taking responsibility means that um, you do everything in, in your power, that when you are faced with a similar situation, 
you're going to fucking do better. And uh, we're going to do better. That's my promise to you guys. So the rumor is that we're going to Iceland. I would love to go to Iceland. Fucking Aurora Borealis and all that shit, man. Woo! Fucking geysers. Let's see if it pans out that way. Who knows? Yo, as long as we don't fucking play in the LEC studio, I'm happy. Take us to Sweden, take us to Denmark, take us to Romania, take us to Madrid, take me to Floki. Yo, take me somewhere, man. I just don't want to play in the studio, man. Fucking this studio smells like farts. I want to fucking piss off. I don't want to. I want to experience something, something else. Fucking fart studio. CBA. Yeah, take me to Zimbabwe, bro. Finally, I'm going to take a look at your questions. I usually, usually these questions are like um, really terrible. Not terrible, like they're not bad questions. Like people are asking, why did you pick this? Why did you think about this? Like, I, I understand why as a spectator you're curious about this, but these are questions I can't answer. So let's see. Mo Saeed the team's trajectory now that the tough schedule affects your prep and routines. Well, we barely slept. Yeah, that's what it is. We barely slept. But, you know, the challenge in it is fun. It's definitely fun. How do you feel about Worlds in other regions? I think Worlds will leave for the next episode. Like, bro, I, I played the finals like two days ago. Like, I'm fucking toasted. Would you be willing to have a look at fan-made champion design concepts? It could be a fun thing to do interactively via Discord or similar. Also, huge congratulations for the summer split. You made us proud. Well, thank you, but I'm sorry about, like, fan-made champion design concepts is not really one of my interests. So, I um, apologize. What do you put in your dinner? I put lettuce and cucumber, garlic sauce and meat. The veggies are not there for you to have a balanced meal because if you're trying to have a balanced meal when you're eating a dinner, you can just go fuck yourself. Uh, the, the veggies are there to add a crunch. So only add crunchy vegetables. Only add crunchy vegetables. It's the same with Subway. Fucking peppers, cucumber, lettuce, nothing else. The moment you begin adding olives and shit, man, what the fuck are you doing with olives? Fucking olives is like, if 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 olives was a champion in League of Legends, olives would be like Heimerdinger, man. Like it's just fucking off the rails. Lettuce is like Oriana, you know. 
like cucumber it's like an orn you know it's like you're not gonna be this is not gonna be bad you know olives are fine pickled olives are good but putting olives like hidden in your sandwich fuck that shit man same with pickles i love pickles fucking my girlfriend's grandmother does some insane ass pickles Olives by themselves are good. Olive in my fucking mojito is fine. But in my sandwich, bleh. Yasin, I'm really curious about the impact this team had had on you. You look and sound evolved. Like Charizard? I'm assuming I'm not Charizard yet. That would be very egotistical. So I feel, you know, I'm like a Charmeleon. Charmeleon. I don't know what Charmeleons says, uh, but nevertheless, definitely. The, 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 I've learned so much from these boys. Uh, I've learned so much from these boys. They all have vast, vastly different experiences. You know, think about it. Adam is a young, young chaperone. You know, that just jumps into the league. Hilly, fucking unicorns of love, fanatic. This man has played so many finals. Peanut redeemed battle cruiser operational. Who called in the fleet? Thank you very much for using 30,000 channel points, Peanut. I lost my train of thoughts. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I am melting. My brain is melting. Yeah, I, I definitely learned a lot, you know. I was talking about Hilly's experience. Buipo has a unique experience. Man went to Turkey, to Russia. First split of his life. Soaz breaks his hand because of silliness. Buipo gets subbed in. Turns out this guy is fucking brilliant. His AD carry is, is having a meltdown. AD carries are not viable. Boom. Buipo comes in and shows the whole league how big his dong is. Slaps everybody around. Boom, 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 boom. Goes into playoffs. Switches back to top lane. No problem, baby. Wins the final. Goes to world finals as well. Plays against the shy. Unlucky. It is what it is. Goes to world finals in his first year. What a goddamn baller. Upset. Upset has had very different experiences with so many different teams. He's been on Schalke. Many different alterations of Schalke. Orgen, Orgen into Astralis. Many different experiences. And this man is what? He's 21 years old. Man is married to man. So many different experiences that you can learn from and to, to, to harness, you know? You used to talk shit about fanatic players. Now you're looking like a hypocrite. What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> what are you talking about? If, if, like, obviously in the past, maybe I've critiqued gameplay, but that's it. Like, what are you smoking, man? And then there's Niski. My man went to C9, won a split, went to Worlds, got slapped, came back, decided to become Doimbi. Started playing Kiana over in North America, was making everybody dizzy. Woo! What a madman. Comes back here. 
so many doubters. Oh, don't bring that NA stank to fucking Europe again. Boom, slams everybody. You know, there's there's so much to to learn from from this group. Dushan Panic. I'd love to hear what teams are screaming and such and how serious the scrims are. I'm not going to talk about that. Sorry. Top playlist coming into Worlds. Not going to happen. Sorry. What, in your opinion, is the best thing a league coach can offer a team? Everything they need. Everything your player needs. And uh, that's the task, right? Figuring out what a player needs. Sometimes players need more. Sometimes players need less. Sometimes players... And it varies in all shapes and different sizes. I used to look up to Reaper as a, as a player. I don't know how he functions as a coach, but he has good results. The captain's store. What's your perfect place to rest after a double long split? So the most expensive item in my house is my bed. So if I ever get robbed and someone stole my bed, I'll be like, fuck. Because my bed, I spent 13,000 euro on my bed. Or 12,000, something like this. And the reason I did it is because I spend like less than a third of my day in the bed. Right? So why the fuck wouldn't I spend money on, on like the most important item in, in the house? This bed is so fucking comfortable and it's so nice This is what you spend money on. I spend a third of my life in that fucking bed. I've had it for many years. What would be the best for fight esports pay-per-view boxing card? Holy shit. Who are like who are like the biggest ass players in esports? Pasha Biceps, Pasha Biceps versus Broxa. Then we need um, like a flyweight. We need Rookie versus Faker. Doimbi versus uh, Nemesis. Doimbi versus Nemesis. That's a good one, man. Doimbi versus Nemesis. Gdish, Doimbi comes in, attacks him right away. And then Nemesis like, yo. He's like, Nemesis like waiting for the late rounds because he's scaling, you know, he's fucking scaling. He's saving his energy, he's scaling. And then Nemesis, Doimbi just gadooshes him, man. And then Nemesis stands, I'm gonna buy you swim trunks. You're gonna fucking swim back. Yeah, that's my that's my uh, pay per view card right there. Boom, boom. Marcos 
Follow Marcus asks, do you agree with a team having to play two best of fives in two days? If if I tried to disagree, Riot would be like, yo, we gotta play, Yamato. I <laughs> I had no choice but to agree. <laughs> What are your thoughts about bringing a sub-jungler? Come on, man. Whippo is... Whippo is... Uh, it's a genius. How to become more self-confident and self-respecting? Fnatic Lodi asks. Well... I realized... I came to the realization... Well, through... Yeah, let's get a sub-coach. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Um, you know, I came to the realization that the only thing that really changes anything is my perception of things. Your perception of anything is the only thing that changes reality. Yo, Pete... I'm feeling fine. I'm good. I have a little bit more energy in me before I'm going to call it a day. I came to the realization, you know, there's this proverb. I believe it's a Chinese proverb. I don't know where it's from. I read it a long time ago and it really resonated with me. Conquer the enemies within and the enemies of outside will do you no harm. If someone does something to you, it is always your own choice as to how it affects you. And this line of thinking empowers you to act more in the manner that you want to be. Because if someone calls you a dickhead, right? In that moment, it can affect you or you can choose to not let it affect you. And it takes practice, right? Because a lot of our reactions are very natural. But natural is not so relevant in a world that is not so natural, right? Natural would be to eat a shit ton of carbs and sugar because your body is preparing for an apocalypse that's not going to happen. We have a body that is not really designed for the world that we're living in right just look around you right just look at the technological advancement that has occurred over the last 100 years it's mental it's absolutely mental bro i remember there was like i remember things like hard drives in the past i had usb sticks with 16 megabytes and I remember I had this fucking USB stick with 16 megabyte of memory. And that was the shit, man. That was the fucking shit back then. I saved up a lot of fucking money to buy 16 megabytes. And now I have fucking hard drives on hard drives on hard drives. With fucking endless terror. Like everything is just fucking progress. Look at our phones. I remember I had a flip phone. 
and that phone, the internal storage, boom, 64 megabytes. I could have like three songs. And those three songs, I was a baller because I could infrared. I, I just infrared it to people. I had like this Walkman, you know? I had these two songs. And then for Christmas, all I wanted was a memory card. Boom. 500 megabytes, baby. Nevertheless, back to your initial question. The world is not natural. So a lot of the things that feel natural are no longer that relevant. So in the end, our own perception of things is the only thing that affects us. And if you take charge of that, you can take charge of everything else too. There's so many things in our life that is outside of our control. And the only thing that we can control is how we perceive things, how we are, who we are, how we treat others. And in that, also how you treat yourself. Because in order for you to love others, you also need to love yourself. I realize this too, you know? I need to be who I am and not sacrifice who I am to truly love the people that I'm with. So it starts within, right? Be the person you want to be. Strive towards something. Make goals. Work slowly towards it. And, you know, realize that um, that's the only aspect of life that you can control. And with a little bit of luck, everything plays out the way you want it to play out. I am busy, Elena. What is it? Elena? Thank you for your subscription, Reddish Star. I'm busy. I'm recording, Elena. New patch notes? Not gonna happen, McKenna. Sorry. Let's be sure to have a weekly meditation. I think if I meditate at this point, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to just start snoring. Why are they nerfing Renekton? Because the champ is pretty OP. Rookies and veterans expectation. I think we've already talked about it. I honestly, I'm tired, guys. I'm so tired. I just want to check in with you guys to give you an update before the vaccine kicks in. But it's starting to kick in. I'm slowly sinking. You know, it's like... You know that scene in... Um, what's it called? In The Wolf of Wall Street. When they're when the quaaludes, the old ones that they got. Like the lemon quaaludes just hit. And they just sink into this darkness. Like the world just gets twisted. That's how I'm feeling right now. Like my... Like my my world is getting they're getting twisted. On well, the next episode, we're gonna talk to Pete. Pete's gonna be the first guest. We just need to do a little a recap because I took a break. Hmm. 
Thank you, Red Shirts. 99. 15 months of goodness. Appreciate it. Yeah, when he's trying to climb out of the car, exactly. My throat hurts too because, not because I have COVID, but because I've had a problem with my heating. So I pay a lot of money for my apartment. And the heating in my apartment, I don't have control over the central heating, which is crazy, which is absolutely nuts, if you think about it. So one day when the apartment thinks winter is coming, so my apartment think, thinks that the winter is coming, so every room in my apartment just turns into a fucking sauna. That's why my window was open earlier in the episode. Now my room, I'm looking at the temperature, at uh, this little thing that I have over there that shows me the temperature. 26 motherfucking degrees. 26 degrees. And that's not good. Not good at all. Very bad, in fact. Terrible. But it is what it is. It's terrible. So I keep I keep my windows open 24-7, which makes it too cold and then makes my throat hurt and then it just goes in circles. It's too hot, too cold, too hot, too cold, too hot, too cold, too hot, too cold. Yuck. And I pay a lot of money for this apartment. So I'm suffering a little bit. But it's okay. Uh, maybe I'll play a league game. If you guys uh, stick around for a little bit and uh, I'll get to talk to my girlfriend and uh, I might just play a league game. So, uh, I'm just going to restart the stream real quick. Thank you guys so much for watching. All the best to all of you. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the next episode of The Voice of Yamato. Forgive me for being uh, gone for a little bit, but positive vibes. Let me reset the stream, guys, so I can save uh, the VODs. Boom.